Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Bros Podcast. This is episode 11 and today what we're going to be doing is talking about the Dallas Mavericks and specifically a playoff preview basically to see what the team is looking like, what some first round matchups could be and basically just everything playoffs and Mavericks related. So let's get into it. Uh, So right now the Mavericks are in fifth place in the Western Conference and their record sits at 40 wins and 28 losses. This puts them at a one-game break ahead of the Portland Trailblazers and a one-and-a-half game ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers. So right now, it looks like the Mavericks are pretty safe from being involved in that playoff tournament, uh, that play-in tournament, and it looks like that they will have a spot in the playoffs in the summer. So that is why we are going to do this playoff preview, because it looks like the Mavericks are going to achieve the playoffs. So right now, the Mavericks are in fifth place. And they would match up with the four seed if the playoffs were to start today. The four seed is currently the Denver Nuggets, who have 44 wins and 24 losses. But given that one game break between the Mavericks and the Trailblazers, it is definitely possible that the Mavericks fall to sixth. If falling to sixth, right now the Mavericks would play the Los Angeles Clippers, who have 45 wins and 23 losses. And um, also between the three and the four seed, the Clippers and the Nuggets, they're only one game away from each other as well. So they could definitely change positions. So right now, it's looking like the Mavericks are either going to play the Clippers again, who they played last year in the playoffs for the first round, or they're going to play the Denver Nuggets. And uh, both of these teams are two of the best teams in the NBA, and both teams would really be tough matchup for the Mavericks. But the Mavericks, they've been playing really well, really consistently lately, and they're looking like one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. So first things first, let's get through the... Uh, potential lineups for the Dallas Mavericks so for the starters uh, at point guard I think this has to be obvious this has to be Luka Doncic who is the superstar for the Dallas Mavericks he's uh, definitely their best player their best scorer probably their best passer as well he just leads them in so many stat categories and overall on the field he's just a leader for the team and that is why he was an all-star Uh, This year and last year and will likely make one of the all NBA teams last year You know, he finished fourth place in MVP voting, which is really great to see out of a sophomore player and um, Just last year against the Clippers We really saw how Luka could take over in a playoff series and we expect him to do the same this season so um, Speaking to Luka's stats he averages 28.4 points per game 8.7 assists and 8.1 rebounds all three of these numbers are exceptionally high, and it just shows what type of player Luka is. Only a handful of players average over 28 points per game. Uh, that's about five players actually do that. So Luka's a top five scorer in the league, and then when you add in his assists and rebounds, it just solidifies him as a top five player in the league right now. And adding to that, uh, one jump in Luka's game that's really going to be significant in these playoffs is his three-point shooting percentage. Last season, he hit on 31.6% of his threes, but this season, that number has gone up to 35.5%, and that's a facet of his game that's definitely going to come in handy for the Dallas Mavericks, as they're one of the top three-point shooting teams in the league. They're top five in three-point shots attempted, and because of that, Luka is going to be shooting a lot per game. At his current rate, he shoots 8.4 three-pointers per game, and he makes about three of them, so... Any given night, you can expect Luka to pour in multiple threes. And given this off the percentage in the playoffs, we'd expect to see him score at a more efficient rate. And then 
his driving overall is just a really important and really big part of his game. As we saw last season, his ability to create for himself inside using his size and just using his skills with, you know, shot fakes, footwork, everything like that. That's a really strong part of Luka's game. And because of that, they're definitely going to be working through Luka. What Luka does really well is he uh, is in the pick and roll game. In the pick and roll, he can use the pick to operate his own offense. He can use it to alley-oop or feed the big guy who set the pick for him. Or he can use it to he can use the pick and roll to kick it out to any of the shooters that they have lined up around him. And because of that, it creates a really dynamic offense surrounded by Luka Doncic. And yeah, he will be the starting point guard for the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA playoffs this season. Moving on, we have shooting guard. Now as shooting guard, it will likely be Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson is a guy who's had kind of a interesting year. Um, Mavericks fans expected more out of him after uh, they got him in a trade with Seth Curry. Seth Curry was a Mavericks fan favorite because of the three-pointers that he made and just his ability overall to score the basketball. But what the Mavericks did with Josh Richardson is they traded for him to get a little bit more perimeter defense. Josh Richardson is known as one of the three-point shooting guides as well as a defender in the league uh, in, his pa- in his past seasons. So yeah, he's one of those 3 and D guys uh, that really every NBA team wants. But this season, he's shown that his three-point percentage has fallen off a little bit. Uh, he only shoots it at 32.9%, which is uh, not the greatest statistic considering he's a 35.8% shooter for his career. And uh, definitely Mavericks uh, organization and Mavericks fan would want him to get that number up to around 35% or higher. But as it stands, um, yeah, he's only shooting just under 33%. Um, he is still a great defender, and um, he's usually tasked with uh, guarding the opponent's best perimeter guard. As uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, he usually takes the best forward on the opposing team. So Josh Richardson, he takes the best guard. And um, he also serves as a secondary ball handler for Luka Doncic. Um, whenever Luka's not bringing up the ball, Josh Richardson can definitely hold his own as a point guard while bringing up the ball up the court. He averages 2.7 assists, but over the course of his career, we've seen that he's definitely a capable ball handler and playmaker. The best thing about Josh Richardson's game is probably his ability as a slasher. Uh, he definitely can play in the isolation game. He can definitely get inside and get to the rat, get to the bucket, and because of that, he provides offense even when he can't shoot threes. You know, he's a really great slasher, and um, you just really want one of those guys that attacks the rim. Definitely, uh, we'd like to see improvement in terms of his defense a little bit because uh, in past games, he's shown to be on and off a little bit. He's really great in getting steals, but sometimes he can't stay ahead of defenders and gets points scored on him. Just the other night against the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving scored 45 points, and the main defender, the primary defender on Kyrie Irving was Josh Richardson. So we'd like to see an improvement from him in defense a little bit. And the biggest improvement that we'd like to see in his game is three-point shooting because Luka, when he has the ball, he gets inside and then he kicks it out to create for his teammates, especially in the three-point game. Catch and shoot is a really big part of the Mavericks offense, and Josh Richardson needs to improve on his numbers just a little bit in order to be that weapon that the Mavericks really desired in Richardson. Regardless of those weaknesses in his game, we definitely expect him to be the starting shooting guard come NBA playoff time, and uh, yeah, point guard, Luka Doncic, shooting guard, Josh Richardson, 
There's the backcourt settled. Moving on, we're getting into the forwards. At small forward, the guy is going to be Dorian Finney-Smith. This is um, likely not up for debate. Dorian Finney-Smith is one of the more underrated players on the Dallas Mavericks. You know, he's not one of those superstar guys whose name you hear, but he does a lot of good things on the court. He's an amazing 3 and D player this season, and uh, he's just shown that he's a really great weapon for Luka. He's a really great supporting piece for Luka Doncic and will be part of the Mavericks' plan for the next couple of years. His stats go 9.9 points per game while adding in 1.7 assists and 5.6 rebounds. Obviously, the assist numbers are going to be low because he's a small forward, but 9.9 points and 5.6 rebounds shows what he can do. 5.6 rebounds for a small forward is uh, fairly above average considering that power forwards and centers mostly grab rebounds and then 9.9 points is not very high but considering why Dorian Finney-Smith is on the court 9.9 is actually a really great number. What he does really great is guard the opposing team's best player that's usually what he's tasked with doing and um, normally he does that really well. That same game that I was talking about against the Brooklyn Nets Dorian Finney-Smith matched up against Kevin Durant and Katie had an off game. Kevin Durant is one of the best players overall but in specific his offense is one of the best in the league it's just really hard to stop Kevin Durant as he's almost seven foot has really long arms and a quick shot release and because of that it makes it really hard to guard but Dorian Finney-Smith was able to throw off his game and keep Kevin Durant to shooting seven for 21 meaning he shot seven shots meaning he shot 21 shots and only seven of them went in which is 33 percent which is definitely below average for Kevin Durant and any of other NBA players so just keeping Dorian Finney-Smith with that momentum would definitely be great because uh, the Mavericks are a really great offensive team but at times they've shown that they've lacked in defense so to have a couple of guys that are really skilled defenders it's a it's a great thing to see and a thing that Mavs definitely need come playoff time so yeah Dorian Finney-Smith along with his amazing defense what he does is three-point shooting uh, or originally in his career uh, the Mavericks were trying to create him trying to mold him into a 3 and D player, and he was struggling a bit early on, you know, sub-30% shooting seasons from 3, but this past season, he's really shown his capabilities. He's a 39.6% 3-point shooter right now, which is definitely above average, definitely what you want from a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith. On offense, he's not going to be creating too much, the ball's not going to be in his hands a lot, but Luka Doncic, when he gets inside and goes to kick it out, you definitely want a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith there, who's a near 40% three-point shooter. Because more often than not, you can rely on Dorian Finney-Smith out there. You don't want Luka kicking out to someone who can't really shoot, you know, someone around that 30 to 32% range. That's not what you want. That's not confidence. But Dorian Finney-Smith, he now shoots 39.6% on three-pointers, which is the best mark of his career. In past seasons, he shot 29.3%. 29.9, 31.1, and 37.6 percentage. Except 39.6, that's definitely the number where Mavs fans uh, want him to be, and definitely a number that is very encouraging, as uh, you definitely want three-point shooting and defense in the playoffs, and Dorian Finney-Smith provides both of those things. So definitely look at Dorian Finney-Smith to be an underrated player, under-the-radar uh, guy who makes a difference on the basketball court. That's Dorian Finney-Smith, that's what he's been doing for the past two seasons, and that's what he's going to keep doing in the NBA playoffs. So that takes care of small forward. Now let's move on to the other forward position. At power forward, the Dallas Mavericks are likely going to go with Maxi Kleber. Maxi Kleber is a guy who is injured right now, but has had an up-and-down season overall. 
uh, early on in the season. He was one of the league leaders in three-point percentage, securing a top-five spot. But in recent month or two, his, his numbers have actually dipped a bit in terms of three-point shooting percentage. No, they're not going in as much for him. But um, overall, he's still a really great three-point shooter, and he's a really great defender, which is what the Mavericks want. Maxi Cleaver is another under-the-radar guy. Uh, you know, he averages 7.2 points and 5.2 rebounds, which on paper don't seem that great, but just considering what his role on the team is meant to be, he does a lot of great things on the basketball court. Another great aspect of Maxi Cleaver's game is his shooting ability. From the free throw line, he shoots 91.9%, which is definitely a really great number, especially for a big man like Cleaver. And then uh, on defense, he's usually on the opposing team's best big man. And uh, that's just a really great thing to see because Maxi Kleber, he's really great in terms of his ability to move his feet on switches and picks and rolls and pick and roll situations. He can definitely use his feet. He can definitely keep up with the opposing guard just because his speed allows for that. And um, because of that, Maxi Kleber is a really great player on the court on defense just because he can match up with any of the five positions, really. His ideal positions would be anywhere from the three to the five. But on switch situations where he gets matched up against the guards, he can definitely hold his own. And then uh, moving over to offense. On offense right now, Maxi Kleber is shooting 41.5% from the three-point line. Uh, early on in the season, that number was closer to 45%. Actually above 45%, but that number dipped a bit just because of his um, fall in his three-point shooting as of late. Uh, but it's definitely 41.5% is a above league average number. Anything above 40% is something that you'd really want from a player. So if Kleber can get his stroke back a little bit and just shoot anything above 40%, you know, get near that 45% range, he's definitely going to be a dangerous player. Because while providing size, he's a guy that can stretch the floor and he's a great guy to surround Luka. Because Luka, he needs guys around him that can shoot threes and that can defend. And Maxi Kleber does both of those things. And that's why he's a great front core front court duo with Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, he does the exact same things. He shoots threes and he plays defense, and that's also what Maxi Kleber does. The reason the Mavericks have guys like this is because that's exactly the guys you want around someone like Luka Doncic, someone who can get inside and create on offense, and then someone that needs some help on defense surrounding him because of everything that he does on offense. So yeah, that's why I think Maxi Kleber will be the starting power forward. He started in most of his games this season, 48 games played, and he started in 40 of them. So I bet he will be the starter at power forward. Now moving on to the last position on the, in the starting lineup, we have center Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis is currently a guy that's been injured. Um, you know, he had a, a twisted ankle, and then he came back, and then he had knee soreness which is unlucky because Kristaps Porzingis, he's a really great player, but over the course of his career, he's shown that he's been injury prone. You know, in 2018-2019, he didn't play in the entire NBA season because of a torn ACL, which just shows how um, he's definitely an injury prone player, and the Mavericks really need and want Kristaps Porzingis back for the playoffs because of his amazing offensive ability as well as the size and length that he offers at the center position. So uh, it's definitely something to look out for right now. The coaching staff is projecting him to be good to go for playoffs and also expect him to play a couple of these last regular season games. But um, 
Definitely a situation to monitor as he has been dealing with some injuries over the past couple of years. I mean, even last season in the playoffs, he injured his knee against the Clippers and was forced to sit out for those last few games. Uh, but speaking to his stats, his stats are looking really great this season as they have throughout his career. Uh, Porzingis this season is averaging 20.2 points per game, which is a really great number. And to go along with that, he has 9.1 rebounds per game. That just shows you his size, that he can grab 9.1 boards a game, uh, which is definitely a really great number, as the Mavericks, one of their weaknesses would be rebounding. So to have a guy like Porzingis grab nearly double-digit rebounds a game is really beneficial for the team. But the best thing that Kristaps Porzingis offers is his scoring ability. At 7'3", the fact that he can still uh, get the ball and create for himself on offense, whether it's uh, in the jumper category, you know, three-point shooting or mid-range jumpers, or if it's getting to the rim. What we've seen in this past season, that he can even shot fake and drive, which is really uh, which is really interesting to see from a guy that's as tall as him to be able to be as shifty as he is. So because of that, he's a really great weapon on offense, and the Mavericks will definitely be using him on both sides of the court. You know, on defense, just because of his size, he gets 1.4 blocks per game, which is an encouraging number. It just shows you how he can still defend. You know, there's been some question marks regarding Kristaps Porzingis', Porzingis defensive ability. Uh, because he can't move too well on defense, and um, a lot of guys are just faster than him. Uh, especially because of Chris Porzingis' skinny size, uh, a lot of bigger players can bully him in the paint, and because of that, he's at times a liability on defense. But if he can keep those block numbers up and uh, just keep hold his own down in the paint, I think Chris Porzingis will be a really great player on the court, even though his defense isn't the best. His offense is really good. Like I said, he averages 20.2 points per game. And then going further on that, he's shooting 36.2% from three, which is a really great number because um, he is a big man. And for a big man, you definitely don't expect him to shoot threes as high, at high of a rate as Chris Porzingis does. 36.2% is definitely a really great number to have. And um, we'll be looking for Chris Porzingis to be a three-point threat. A lot of his... Shots come from deep, you know, transition shots and pick-and-pop situations. Kristaps Porzingis shoots a lot of those types of shots. And if he can convert at above 35%, that's definitely a bonus for the Mavericks because most of his benefits in the Mavericks game are inside, you know, in the mid-range to paint area, which is where he definitely dominates because of his size and his height. But when he's stretching the floor and shooting three-pointers, that's just an added bonus, just something that the Mavericks could really use because they are a team that lives and dies by the three-point line. So to have um, a player that is always a capable three-point shooter is something that the Mavericks really want. And Christoph Przingis is a guy that offers that along with offering a really great inside game. Przingis is definitely the number two option on the Mavericks behind Luka Doncic. And when opposing teams are you know, locking down Luka Doncic, doubling Luka Doncic, to have a guy like Porzingis that can create for himself is something that the team really needs. Because guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Cleaver, they're used to catching and shooting. They can't create for themselves as consistently. And then Josh Richardson, he's a guy that can create for himself a little bit, but because of his lowered shooting numbers this season, he's not a guy that the Mavericks can trust as a true number two option. So that's where a guy like Kristaps Porzingis comes in, because he can shoot the basketball, 
and shoot from inside and because of that he's a really great offensive player so that wraps up the starting lineup for the Dallas Mavericks this is my projection but this is also the starting lineup that the Mavericks have rolled with for most of the season and because of that I think this will be the lineup that the Mavericks uh, choose heading into the playoffs this could obviously differ based on matchup because you know a team like the Nuggets has a big man like Nikola Jokic that you need to guard but then a team like the Clippers has a couple of forwards in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that you need to match up differently for. So it'll be interesting to see what the Mavericks go with. But that is my prediction as a general prediction for the starting lineup. Moving on from the starting five, we're going to head into the bench. Uh, what you see a lot of NBA teams do is that they cut down their bench rotation over the course of the regular season. You can see their team rotations be around 10 to 11 guys, but in the playoffs, it's very common to see teams drop their rotation down to eight or nine main guys that are on the court. So um, I'll just be listing what I, the guys that I think will be the main contributors off the bench for the Mavericks. So starting off, the sixth man for this team um, will be Tim Hardaway Jr. I wouldn't call him like um, the main option or anything off the bench, you know, he is the sixth man, but there's definitely guys on the bench that are all capable of being named the sixth man on this team. I would say that the main uh, the main scoring contributor off the bench would be Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, he spent a lot of this season at the start as a starter. Uh, 65 games played, and 26 of those he was a starter. But what the Mavericks found is that he was actually better suited to come off the bench. Uh, his numbers went up when he was coming off the bench. And definitely his contribution with the bench unit was for the best because before before when he was in the starting lineup, once the bench unit came in, they didn't really have a true scorer, a true guy that they could rely on. But Tim Hardaway Jr., he offers really great upside as a scorer. So going on to his stats, Tim Hardaway Jr., this season has averaged 16.5 points per game, which is an, uh, just a really amazing number to have off the bench. Um, there's not many bench guys that can score uh, at Tim Hardaway Jr.'s rate, and because of that, he's one of the more dangerous bench guys in the in the NBA. So, also because of that, he's in the he's in the race for sixth man of the year. Uh, I don't know if he'll win it, except uh, it's definitely an interesting statistic because considering that um, he was definitely a starter at the start of the season. So uh, just to see him be in that race is a good sign for the Mavericks as uh, they weren't really expecting anyone to be uh, anyone to be in that race at the start of the season. But once they moved Tim Hardaway Jr. to the bench, they saw his bench scoring capabilities. And because of that, he's one of the most dangerous players in the league, especially off the bench. You know, in terms of points per game off the bench, Tim Hardaway Jr. is second in the NBA behind Jordan Clarkson. So that just goes to show that not many teams have a weapon like Tim Hardaway Jr. that can come in off the bench and pour in buckets. Going over to his shooting percentages, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a 38.93% shooter, 3.0% shooter, which is really great. And then um, overall from the field, he shoots 44%. Uh, the best thing in his game is that uh, he's evolved a little bit. Before, his game was a lot of jumpers, a lot of three-pointers, which um, they definitely went in because Tim Hardaway Jr., that's his main thing, he's a shooter. But when he added that component where he drives and gets to, the, gets to the rack, gets to the rim, that's where we see the 
biggest part of his game because um, Tim Hardaway Jr. at times has shown that he's very streaky and he can be inconsistent. So, you know, some games you'll see him making 80% of his shots, but then other games he's really cold and he's only making 20% of his shots. And obviously that does average out to around that 40-45% number that Tim Hardaway Jr. has, except what you want to see is him scoring consistently. So when he has that game where he can create for himself and get to the rim, uh, if his shot's not going in, you know, he won't be a liability on the court. At times before, you've seen um, if he's not making a couple of threes, he'll keep shooting them and keep missing them, which is where he becomes that sort of liability on the basketball court. But when he is off, now what he's added into his arsenal is the fact that he can play in the pick-and-roll game and he can play in the one-on-one game. And that's a really great part of his basketball game and uh, something that the Mavericks can really use in the playoffs because at times we've seen the Mavericks get cold in the season, but when you have a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. that can work inside and outside, that's something that you want out of a bench player for sure. And then 39% from three-point land, that's a number that's really above average, a number that you want on a guy that's going to be a primary three-point shooter with your bench unit. And because of that, I have Tim Hardaway Jr. as my first player off the bench. Um, He's a six-man, but he won't be playing point guard. He will be playing the shooting guard position most likely. Moving on for the bench, uh, someone that you can call the seventh man, but arguably just as important as Tim Hardaway Jr. to the team. Uh, So I'll say co-sixth man, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is a guy that the Mavericks drafted with Luka Doncic three years ago. And um, every single year in the league, he's, uh, he's shown bump in his production and his numbers. And this past season is definitely his best season. Jalen Brunson is averaging 12.5 points per game and 3.4 assists coming off the bench. And um, what he's shown is his really great decision making as he doesn't have too many turnovers. You know, he only has 1.2 turnovers per game, per game, which is really good considering that he averages 25.1 minutes per game. And uh, that temperament that Jalen Brunson has while with the ball in his hands is a really great aspect of his game as, uh, you know, he's a young guy, but you can definitely trust him with the ball in his hands because once Luka goes to the bench, you need to have someone that can work as a primary ball handler and someone that can create for the offense. Brunson definitely does that. He's had multiple double-digit assist games this season which is an encouraging sign of what's to come and what his potential is on the basketball court. And um, the fact that his uh, scoring average has gone up is definitely an added bonus. You know, in past seasons, in his rookie year, he scored 9.3 points per game. And in his sophomore season, he had 8.2 points per game. But upping that number up to 12.5 points per game is something that's very useful to the Dallas Mavericks. Even going past that, he's improved in his numbers. For two-point field goal percentage in his rookie season, he was shooting 52.3% from two-point land, and last season he was shooting 51.5%. This season, Jalen Brunson is shooting 57.7% from inside the arc, and um, that's just because of his uh, increased slashing ability. You know, at first, Jalen Brunson was a mainly jumper type of guy, but um, Jalen Brunson has shown that despite only being six foot flat, he can definitely get inside and create for himself. He uses his body and he uses his really great footwork as means to create for himself inside. 
and a guy that's undersized like that, uh, you don't you definitely don't see them scoring at as high of a rate as Jalen Brunson can. And his jump shot is definitely one of the strongest aspects of his game, especially in the mid-range game. You don't see Jalen Brunson missing too many of those. So in addition to being the primary ball handler and playmaker off the bench unit, he's definitely another scoring threat. And then in terms of three-point shooting, he's shooting really great this season at 38.5%, which is an improvement from his rookie season, which was 34.8%, and this past season, uh, last season actually, 35.8%. So to get that number up to 38.5% just shows his ability in his jump shot, and it just shows how he can contribute to the team in other ways, not just as a passer. So coupling... Uh, basically a 39% shooter here along with a 39% three-point shooter in Tim Hardaway Jr. That creates a really, really dangerous backcourt duo coming off the bench. Jalen Brunson would be the point guard for this basketball team and uh, coupling him with Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench, that's a really great backcourt duo off the bench. One more thing I want to add about Jalen Brunson's game is that he's added in more minutes per game and he's also been averaging more field goal attempts. The thing is that with his added field goal attempts is also an increase in field goal percentage, which is what you want to see. In past seasons, he shot 7.7 field goals a game and 6.8 field goals a game, but this season he's shooting 9.3 field goals per game, which is really great to see because of his efficiency. You know, any shot that Jalen Brunson takes is going to be a smart shot because he has that high basketball IQ. And overall, he's just a really great decision maker on the basketball court. And because of that, Jalen Brunson will be the point guard for the Dallas Mavericks, and I expect him to do really great things in the playoffs. He just has that mentality to him where he won't make too many mistakes, which is something that you really need in the playoffs because this is where the best of the best battle it out, and when you're making silly mistakes, that's where you're letting your guard down. But Jalen Brunson is a guy that doesn't do that too often. So point guard Jalen Brunson... Shooting guard Tim Hardaway Jr., I'd call him co-sixth man. So technically seventh man if you're counting those two, but I'd say eighth man off the bench is Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is a guy that uh, has definitely been on and off this season. You know, early on in the season, he um, he had some pretty bad games. And because of that, it, he was completely dropped out of the rotation by Rick Carlisle. The main factor in his poor play was his injury. Uh, Dwight Powell had an Achilles injury in the 2019-2020 season and because of that it, he was forced to sit out for the remainder of that season and when he came back early this year uh, in a shortened offseason he wasn't looking like his old self. Uh, you know we paid him about 10 million per year because of how good he was in the 2018-2019 season coming off the bench and as a part-time starter but Unfortunately, his injury led to some weaknesses in his game, especially in his athleticism. And overall, you, you, he wasn't that same player that he was. But as of late, you know, in this past month or so, Dwight Powell has definitely increased his production yet again. Uh, because of injuries, Powell was forced to play. He was put back into the rotation, and he played exceptionally. Uh, overall, on the season, he's averaging 5.7 points per game, along with 3.9 rebounds per game. But those numbers have gone up significantly in this stretch of really great games that Powell has had. Over the last 10 games, Powell has averaged 10.2 points per game and, uh, to go along with 5.9 rebounds. 
and this is in only 21.9 minutes per game. And the biggest aspect to his game is the fact that he's shooting 78.7% from the field. Dwight Howard gets a lot of high percentage looks, and he makes a lot of high percentage looks, which is something that you really want as a, uh, for any player, but in specific, a big man. You know, big men are known for not being able to shoot too far past the rim, but Dwight Powell, he can definitely create on offense, and he's um, him scoring is an added benefit because the main thing that Dwight Powell does is uh, just provide hustle. Uh, he provides a big body in the pick-and-roll game, and then on defense, you know, he has a lot of hustle, and he has a lot of size coming in at six foot ten, and over two hundred and forty pounds. He's um he's a really great guy to have inside. You know, he's there for rebounding. He's there for defending big players. And I think uh, in a matchup against a team like the Denver Nuggets, where the opposing team has Nikola Jokic, you want a guy like Dwight Powell to disrupt Jokic's game because uh, Jokic is a very big player. You know, seven footer and. Uh, pretty heavy as well to have a big guy like Dwight Powell in there would definitely be a bonus to help stop Nikola Jokic because he's looking like the MVP this season you know my pick for MVP is definitely Nikola Jokic so to have a guy on the team to stop him is something that you really need if you want to get past the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs and I think Dwight Powell coming off the bench is a guy that could put it put some minutes uh, into guarding Nikola Jokic so you know just because of his amazing play in these past few games I have him in the rotation uh, if you ask me this question you know playoff preview 10-15 games ago I'd probably have to go with Willie Cauley-Stein who was the Maverick center for the past couple of games you know he's still getting playing time because Chris Porzingis and Maxi Cleaver are injured but um in the playoffs I don't expect to see Willie Cauley-Stein put in too many minutes unless you know there are some injuries because I think Dwight Powell has shown that He's better in the pick-and-roll game because Willie Cauley-Stein, when he gets the ball, he's not as comfortable as uh, Dwight Powell is. And um, uh, going further than that, I think uh, Dwight Powell is also providing better size in the rebounding game. Willie Cauley-Stein is pretty skinny, and because of that, he can get bullied in the paint and can allow a lot of rebounds. Dwight Powell, though, I think his size and his athleticism allow him to be... Uh, just a really great player all over the court, especially, you know, in rebounding type situations and pick and roll situations. Two aspects of Willie Cauley-Stein's game, which are lacking, and two really big aspects of the Dallas Mavericks. Rebounding is one of the bigger weaknesses, so to have a guy that addresses that need on the court is a must-have. And then also pick and roll game is where Luka Doncic's bread and butter is. So to have a guy like Dwight Powell that's really effective in that area is a must-have for sure in the playoffs. And then... Uh, as we saw in that LA Lakers game where Dwight Powell really had a career game, you know, dropping in 20 points on 90% shooting, that was where uh, he really dominated in the pick and roll game and it showed how he can be effective on this Mavericks team. So that's why I have him as the eighth man off the bench. Um, now, moving on, this would be the ninth man. Uh, right now, what we have is um, our three guys off the bench. We've addressed the positions of point guard and Jalen Brunson, shooting guard and Tim Hardaway Jr., and power forward. Uh, actually, I'd say center for Dwight Powell. So now moving on to the small forward position, I have um, I have the rookie, Josh Green. Josh Green is a guy that's had a really up-and-down season, but as of late, he's shown his capabilities on the team. I think that Josh Green is going to be played situationally, 
Uh, it probably depends on matchup and who the other team is bringing in. But Josh Green is um, is a guy that's been playing really well as of late in terms of his defense and his hustle. You know, he's getting a lot of steals per game. He's doing a lot of good things on defense. And uh, the biggest aspect of his game that's lacking would be his three-point percentage. You know, Josh Green, he's only shooting uh, 17% from three. So he probably won't be taking many threes per game. But um, despite that, over these past few games, he has shown that he can get inside and he can distribute the ball. He's um, he's getting inside kind of like Luka does. He's showing that burst. He gets inside and then he kicks it out to his teammates, similar to what Luka does. And um, I think the biggest reason that the Mavericks would be playing Josh Green would be because of his defense. Um, you know, the opposing bench has a really great player coming in, so you have a guy like Josh Green to guard him. But other than that, I don't see the Mavericks playing Josh Green too much in the playoffs. Just someone that can come in for a few minutes, provide hustle, and provide defense. That's really what the Mavericks need from Josh Green, and that's something that I think definitely Josh Green can provide. So because of that, I put Josh Green on this list, but I think it's definitely going to be situational, and it's definitely going to be at a limited, uh, just at a limited role. Okay, and then the next two guys I have on this list, I'm going to put them in tandem, is... JJ Redick and Nicolo Melli. I think that Melli and Redick will be played in uh, just situationally again, that same type of idea. Because what Melli provides is bigger size and um, a, a shooting ability, ability to stretch the floor. But what JJ Redick offers is just pure shooting ability. He's one of the better shooters in the NBA. So I guess let's start with, start with JJ Redick. JJ Redick is one of those guys that you really like in the playoffs because of experience. You know, J.J. Redick, he's been in the season for, in the in the NBA for over 15 seasons. And uh, because of that, he provides great experience in playoffs and just overall. So, with the Dallas Mavericks, J.J. Redick is shooting 40.6% from three, which is a really great thing to see. As uh, with the Pelicans, he was only shooting 36.4%. And people were starting to think that J.J. Redick has fallen off a bit in his numbers. But coming to the Mavericks, he's shown that he can definitely shoot above 40% as he has multiple times in his career because he is known as a sharp shooter. So to get a guy that shoots 40% from three, JJ Redick would definitely be used in situations where the Mavericks are trying to fight from behind or they just need some sort of offense. I think JJ Redick would be a great guy to have at um, coming off the bench because he can pour in buckets at any given time and he doesn't need too much space. To be able to get off his shot you know he has one of the most consistent and quick releases in the nba and because of that he's a really dangerous player and then moving on to nicolo melli he's the guy that we picked up along with jj reddick in the trade melli is a power forward who's six foot nine and uh, what melli does is he provides size inside for rebounding but then also he can stretch the floor with the dallas mavericks he's shooting 32.3 percent from three-point range which um the number is kind of low, but definitely he's shown flashes this past season that he can shoot uh, near that 35% rate. So I think uh, if the opposing team is playing a little bit bigger, then you want a guy like Melly slotting in next to Dwight Powell in the front court. But if you're playing from behind or if you're looking for a scorer, then J.J. Redick is probably the option. But overall, I think the top eight guys on the Mavericks roster will be point guard Luka Doncic, Shooting guard, Josh Richardson. Small forward, Dorian Finney-Smith. Power forward, Maxi Kleber. And 
center, Kristaps Porzingis, for the starting lineup. And then the three main guys off the bench will be point guard Jalen Brunson, shooting guard Tim Hardaway Jr., and center Dwight Powell. Beyond that, these last few guys that I named can definitely be used situationally, but given the fact that rotations are shorter in the playoffs, those eight guys are going to be the main main guys getting minutes, and then uh, anyone else on the team will probably be playing less than you know 15 minutes in the game. But overall, I think the Mavericks have a really strong set of eight guys, and they also have uh, really great guys behind them. You know, Redick, Melly, even Trey Burke are guys that provide really great things off the bench. Uh, some provide defense, size, shooting. So you have a, a lot of guys that you can use in situations where you need them. And because of that, I think that makes the Dallas Mavericks one of the more dangerous teams in the playoffs. And I think regardless of matchup with the Los Angeles Clippers or the Denver Nuggets, uh, I think that the Mavericks can give trouble to both teams. Clippers and Nuggets are both really amazing teams, so the Mavericks are going to need to be on their A game, but at times this season, they went on runs of a couple, you know, win streaks, and uh, I think if the Mavericks can replicate what they did in those streaks that they had, um, they can definitely move on to the next round. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Mavs do in the playoffs. I'll be looking out for it. I hope you guys will be looking out for it as well. But that concludes this episode. And um, I hope to see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in. And peace.